great to be with you again as we carry on this series that we started last week about being still. Based around Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Though each of these kind of talks in this series stands by itself, I'd really encourage you, if you weren't there last week, to kind of look up on, on YouTube and um, see what was shared last week. One of the key things we, we talked about last week, that this idea of being still is an inner stillness. That's not dependent on what's happening around us. We can be in very chaotic, very noisy situations, situations that would make it maybe harder to be still. But that doesn't stop us being able to be still. And what we meant by a stillness is this kind of inner stillness where normally, maybe even now as I'm talking, you have all these kind of thoughts bouncing around in your head. But this inner stillness, this inner awareness, God consciousness, kind of God connectivity at this very moment in time. Where the greatest reality that one is aware of at this point in time is God. Another way of looking at it is using this word that we, we talk about called abiding. And it comes from this passage in John 15, where Jesus is showing a parable and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And in verse 5 it says, apart from me you can do nothing. That's only as branches as we are attached to the vine. Do we have life? Do we have fruitfulness? And I would say that, the only way that we can abide, the only way that we can outlive this great verse that we also love to memorize, apart from me that you can do nothing, is by learning to have that place of stillness. Because in stillness, we have that connectivity. That heart-to-heart connection, awareness, reality of the presence of God. And as we do that, that reality flows into us and through us. And that's where fruitfulness comes. We talk in this church about discipleship uh, in relation to becoming people who follow Jesus, that is, disciples. That we should have these kind of three aspects to it. Being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing the works of Jesus. And I'd say that these have to be rooted in the place of abiding or being with Jesus. You see, you can do the works of Jesus. You can even become like Jesus and do things like prayer and read the Bible, but not necessarily be with Jesus in that moment. Just to give you a very simple example would be something like prayer, which is obviously something Jesus did. It's obviously something that we do to help us become more like Jesus. But one can quite easily be talking and yattering away with our lists, but not be God aware and conscious of him in that moment. If you beg to disagree with me, just consider it on a human level. How many times have you been in a conversation? How many times have I been in a conversation where either I'm yattering away or somebody else in particular is talking to me and my mind and my heart is somewhere else? I'm not connected with that person in that time. And that's what it means 
to abide. That's what it means to be still, be conscious of God. I just want us to imagine as we kind of move on from that and kind of more kind of go into what we're going to be looking uh, this week. I don't know how many of you remember as children where you kind of normally went on somewhere like grass because it was safer, maybe in the garden. And you used to just spin and spin around. I can't do it now because I just get sick. You know, and you spin around and who could spin the longest and you kind of like stagger, you know, across the, the room uh, or, or the, the garden or wherever it was. And then eventually if you span really, really fast and quickly, you would fall over. And uh, you might be thinking, what's that got to do with what it's doing now? What well, we're talking about now. I would say that we are still spinning. However, now it's less funny. Because we're dizzy. I was just talking to somebody this week and they were, they were just saying, you know, I just I feel like um, just everything is just dizzy in a spin at the moment. And I said, you know, that's ironic. That's what I'm speaking about this coming Sunday. You see, when we have all these noises, all these things that are going around in our head, all these things from the past, the future, all these things that are momentarily distracting us, we're in a spin and we need to learn how to be still in that. I was thinking I could define stillness as spinning without getting dizzy. You see, sometimes we have to be in those situations where we're bombarded by things around it. And God is not calling us necessarily to be monks, but he's calling us to live our lives in this time, in this place, in this season, from a place of stillness. God conscious, aware of him. Where all the other things around us which are spinning, we learn to just be still in him. Maybe a way of looking at it is uh, I looked um, for my compass I used to have as a Boy Scout. I know I have it somewhere, but I couldn't find it. If not, I would have brought it here as a visual illustration. But if you're aware of a compass, you can shake it as much as you want. But when you bring it down, it will begin to very quickly point to magnetic north. And that maybe is a way of looking at stillness. Our hearts are like a compass where we get shaken. But we have learned over time and through discipline, and we'll talk about some of that a little bit later on, to come to that place where our hearts very quickly just come back to God. We are centered to him. Our whole being, our whole mindset, a whole way of looking at life comes from that place of being centered in Christ. And I know that's hard. Maybe even as I've been talking, you know, your mind's been bombarded. Maybe you, we, we talked about last week about creating these pauses in our life. And you tried it and it's been, it's been difficult. Yeah, your mind is so easily gets bombarded. Let's maybe just even now begin to just slow down and just still our minds and bring our minds over to God. Maybe just repeat this, you know, Jesus, I love you. If it makes it easier, just close your eyes and just say, Jesus, I love you. I worship and adore you. Father, I love you. I worship. Holy Spirit, 
I love you. I worship you, Lord. And in that moment, hopefully you're just beginning to get aware of God. And what I mean by that is that your focus is in, in on God. Now, for some of you, you might feel something. I'm a, I'm a feeler, so I've become very feely aware of God. For some of you, I know Nigel often talks about this, uh, there isn't that. And that's fine. There's no one way better than another. I know one of the, maybe you could say the weaknesses of my way is, as a feeler is, I begin to focus on the feelings and I realized I began to take it off God. But we need to just be still. And just be silent before God. Because in that place. Where the distractions are stilled. And our focus is on God. That's where we get our life. That's where we get our joy. That's where we get all the peace. All that we find in God's presence. I think it's the reason that my, my favorite author. A.W. Terzo once said. Could there be anything more important than sitting in silence before God every day? And I think he was talking about physical silence, but as I mentioned last week, sometimes that's hard to do. You know, this week of homeschooling with three children at home is hard work. Even just trying to record this message, trying to find a gap when it's all quiet has been hard work, let alone just being still before God. But silence... Inner silence is ultimately a state of the heart of stilling ourselves. And there's many ways of looking at stillness, but the focus I'm going to do today is one way of stilling our hearts and our minds is by giving our attention to one thing. If you look up online and you look at stillness, so much of it kind of goes down what you'd call maybe Buddhist kind of tradition of emptying your mind, but actually... As followers of Jesus, is totally the opposite. Stillness is filling our minds, but filling our minds with one thing, and that is God. Making our attention one thing, and that is God. Because that is ultimately what will bring us stillness. To use that illustration again, or spinning, but a different situation. See, there are other people that spin, and they live, in some ways, using our illustration, and life is spin, but do not get dizzy. And they're called ballerinas. And if you know anything about it, I'm not an expert, as you can not surprisingly, I don't exactly look like a, a ballerina. The way that they stop getting dizzy is they focus in on one thing. And as they go into the spin, the last thing they look at is that point, reference point. And the first thing they do when they come out of the spin is to focus in on that. And that's what stops them getting dizzy when they spin. And that's how we can be. See, stillness is having that one focus. The Bible talks again and again about lifting our eyes up to the mountains. You know, we have verses about like Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, one thing I seek. And that is you. That one thing. But the verse I want to look at today is Psalm 25 verse 15. And it says, my eyes are continually towards the Lord. A lot of other versions says, my eyes are continually on the Lord. So one way of de defining stillness is having our eyes continually on the God. You see, where we put our eyes, what is the focus, our attentiveness, is crucial to being still. 
as I've been thinking about this talk for a week or so, the question I've been asking myself and ask you is, what do we give our attention to? If we're giving space and time, what does our mind drift to? And it can be a whole load of things if we are honest. Again, uh, my favorite author, this is my last quote from him today, A.W. Tozer said, When my mind is free to think about whatever it wants, what does it think about? That will determine what I will become. Wow. What you are free to think about, you will become. What do we really look at? What do we really give our attention to? I don't mean just a, a kind of casual glance. But what do we really look at? What do we really fix our eyes upon? You see, whatever you fix your eyes upon, you receive from. It's a bit like this screen. As you watch on TV, as you look at your phone, you receive from it. See, our mind is a bit like a satellite. Whatever we point it towards, we pick it up. Or another way, maybe it's like radio width. Whatever we tune into, we pick up from, we receive from. And David in that psalm is challenging us to have our eyes continually towards God, towards the things of God, towards Him. Because as we give our attention to God, we will receive from Him. When you look at God, you receive from Him. You see, whatever you gaze upon, it leaves an imprint upon you. Over Christmas, um, we decided to take out, I don't know if it was free or reduce one month, Disney Channel, the, the children wanted to look at the, it's called the Mandalorian series, a kind of spin-off on um, Star Wars. And Katie wasn't really into it, so I thought I'd watch it with them. But I soon realised, you know, if I watch those things in the evening, they just imprinted themselves. It wasn't like necessarily bad. But I had those images going through my head. Or sometimes maybe you found this. You kind of listen to a song and that song kind of follows you through the day. And again, I'm not saying that bad. But I'm making a, a point that what you look at, what you listen to, what you give your attention to, leaves an imprint upon you. Eyes are important. We're told in the Bible and and even just recent kind of philosophy and modern psychology says, you know, the eyes are the doorway to the soul. What you look at affects you. What you look at gives you life or drains your life. The reason why so often we don't live life in all its fullness is that we haven't learned to Take all these other things that have imprinted themselves and upon our minds and learn to bring that place of stillness where our focus is totally and utterly in on God. To give our continual focus to Him. You see, as you give your focus to Him, to His voice, to who He is, the presence and the reality of who He is and His voice becomes clearer and imprints itself on us. So David challenges us, and I challenge myself and each one of us, that stillness comes by learning to fix our eyes on one thing. And to fix our eyes continually upon God. And continually means perpetual, I looked it up, fixed, unending, uninterrupted. 
And I don't know about you, I'm not there. I'm so easily distracted. But what it means is, as we seek to live this life of stillness, this life of fixing our eyes upon one thing is, as we discover and we realise we're distracted, and our attentiveness is off God to turn it back on. Even now as I'm speaking, you might have just thought your mind is wandering and going somewhere else. Let's just bring it in to fix our eyes upon God. Just to acknowledge him right now. Let's just do that again and say, God, I just acknowledge you right now. I just invite you into this time and this place. I turn my heart's focus and attention to you. We need to set our eyes and our gaze upon God. That creates inner stillness. And I know it's hard. It's like learning to drive. If you remember to drive, you you had so many things you had to do at the same time. Kind of clutch, gear, mirror, and trying to do all these things at the same time. And, And that's really hard. But after a while, it became easier. You see, more you do it, the easier it becomes. I was talking this talk through here with Daniel and and saying that we were going to end it by singing a song, you know, Fix Our Eyes Upon Jesus. And um, and I was trying to explain it to him, this idea that more and more as we look at God, create this lifestyle of stillness, the easier it becomes. You become more aware of God. An example I gave him is um, that our eyes focus in on those things that we set our attention on. So if you know my son Daniel, Daniel is really into antiques, particularly um, and kind of blue and white um, china. He said to me, if I'm speaking and I use him as an illustration to tell people, if you ever have any blue and white china you don't want, he will have it. Uh, you know, he's obsessed with it. He's always going around charity shops looking for it. You know, and I said, Daniel, because that's your focus and your attentiveness, I said, I could walk past a charity shop. The average person could walk past a charity shop and they wouldn't see that blue and white china. But I said, you would because your heart is set upon it. The example I gave for myself is those who know me, I'm passionate about sharing Jesus with Muslims. And I can be in like Chandler's Ford's Big Asda. And if I see a Muslim, well, I don't do it so much now with social distancing, but bang, my my focus, I am aware of them. Now, the average person wouldn't be. Why? Because my passion is to share Jesus in particular with Muslims. And that didn't just happen overnight. It was something that grew and developed in me, the same as Daniel's passion for blue and white China. And as our passion and desire grows for God, it is hard at first, but more and more we do it, more and more it's easier for hearts to notice and press in on that. So just to finish off with some real practical stuff. Because it's all well and good saying that stillness comes from fixing our eyes upon God. And how do we do that? Firstly, it's just kind of creating those moments to begin to still ourselves. Last week I talked about Just kind of fasting from your phone. Maybe just waiting a little bit longer before you look at it. Maybe not feeling like you have to keep checking in on what's happening. Or what's that message that just beat on your phone. 
And here's some of the things I've been doing. I've just been trying to wake up to God. I was reminded of a prayer um, that some of the guys from Catch the Fire, a church up in London, used to come and speak in our church. And they had this prayer they, they, they used particularly in the morning. God, be more real to me than anything else, than anyone else. And I've just started trying to just pray that, particularly in the morning. I kind of had on my phone, I have this app called Pause. And um, it sends me a message at 10 and at 2. So you can set some things, you know, you don't need to have that app. You could just set your phone or an alarm just to do that. Or you could just keep yourself accountable with somebody who who kind of sends you a message at a particular time. And just pause. So set some set times. The other thing is just to have... And change some of the things that you have in your normal routine and turn those into pause moments. Moments when you still yourself. Maybe when you're, if you've got babies, when you're changing a nappy. Maybe as you're waiting for the car to kind of warm up and kind of defrost. Maybe as the kettle's boiling, when naturally you might look at your phone or naturally you might do something else. Just create that moment and be still. And do like we've just been talking about and just say, God, I just welcome you into this place, into this time. Maybe you've just been practicing that and you kind of think, I'm creating these times, but man, it's just really hard. These things are just bouncing around in my head. I would encourage you to keep pressing on. Henry Nguyen, a writer, he talked a lot about kind of solitude and stillness. He said, you know, it's really hard when you try to create stillness in your life. You see, it's a bit like, you had a house, and it used to be that anybody that knocked on your door, you just welcomed them in. And now you're not opening your door, but people are still coming and knocking on your door, expecting you to let them in. But he says, as you keep that door shut, people just learn it, and they knock on your door less and less. Well, what does that mean? You see, when we haven't been living from a place of stillness, we just kind of let our minds be bombarded with all sorts of things. And so when we say, no, I want to be still and focusing on God, not surprising, these thoughts keep coming. But Henry Newell encourages, keep going, because it will become easier. One last kind of uh, illustration and kind of discipline to help us, this thing called breath prayer. I've talked about this before. Just a way of stilling. And it's focusing, it's called breath prayer because you're focusing on your breath. I think they say you need like eight, you can take like eight seconds to breathe in and out. If you need less, go for it. I don't want you to kind of like be out of breath, but just kind of breathe in slowly. And breathe out. And just focus in on the breath. Then just as you breathe in, you can have a very simple prayer. Some people would call this the Jesus prayer. Just say something like, Jesus, I love you. You can have the Jesus on your breath in and I love you on the way out. And there's lots of variations on it. Whatever you want is, is you want a short sentence or a short phrase so you can actually say your breath in and your breath out. And more and more you do it, more and more it naturally becomes a bit like that compass. 
or a bit like a, a homing pigeon that wherever you put them they can find a way home and I really believe that God's calling us to kind of come home and to fix our eyes upon him too many of us and I include myself have too often live in a place of spinning and we're dizzy and we stagger around from situation to situation person to person day to day and we were not made to be like that we were made to be beautiful ballerinas where we can live in the spin but because we are fixed and still and living from that focus and fixed eyes and attention in God consciousness of God it creates that peace and life in all its fullness that we're meant to have so to finish today I'm going to hand over to Nigel and Joe and particularly to Nigel and we're just going to just sing a song just to do with just fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Just to look at him. A kind of Jesus-centered song. And so go and have fun this week as you seek to grow in stilling yourself. And... Uh, Look forward to being with you next week as Nigel will be sharing in the next part of this series.